You're listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. Hi, this is the Christian Business Podcast, and I'm Christian Duvall, and I am here with Andy Mason, and I'm super, super excited to have him. We kind of got introduced through um, just a weird connection, and we got on the phone and talked, and I just thought he had so many amazing things to share with our audience. So thank you so much for being here, Um, and I am actually not going to introduce you and give your background. I'm going to let you do that. So how about (laughs) you start a little bit about yourself and your background and what you're doing right now? Uh, thank you, Christian. Yeah, it, it was a, a weird connection. It, it was we connected via Australia, wasn't that? So <laughs> you're in you're in in Texas. I'm in California, Northern California, and we got connected via Australia. But I'm originally from New Zealand. So yeah, I guess it is a roundabout connection. Uh, yeah. So who am I? I so Andy Mason. I'm living in Northern California in Redding, California. I'm part of Bethel Church there. And I lead the business community. So we call that heaven in business. It's, uh, it's, 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 again, nothing that I do seems to be normal run of the mill. This is everything's out of the box. So we're a self-funded department of a, of a large church. So we run like a business unit in terms of if we can afford it, we can do it. And away we go. And uh, it's been an amazing, amazing journey and to get to this point, my background, we've been in the States 12 years now, my wife and I and our four children. And uh, from New Zealand, my background is agriculture. So sheep, beef, deer. Uh, I had my own horse and dogs for a couple of years and then university. Agricultural science, so deer farm management, super exciting. The things that some people in the States shoot, we, we farm them domestically. <laughs> And I did a lot of work with deer and then uh, very involved in local church uh, missions in and out of different places, uh, led worship. And then 2008, my wife and I were praying about a future and heard God say, leave everything and go to a new country. And that started this weird, wonderful, crazy adventure of coming to the United States of America. That is cool. And so you got here. And is that where, did you go to Redding, California? Is that kind of where you started off? Yeah. I mean, it's a, it's an, I mean, we heard say God leave everything, go to a new country, but it's like they're where and when. And as we fasted and prayed over the next, well, I fasted and prayed. My wife was very relaxed. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. It was so outside of what my normal grid would have been in terms of where you're going, the plan I have for my life. Suddenly it's kind of left field. So I, uh, we landed, we heard God say it's now, and it's Redding, California, as in there's this church that has a ministry school. So I came in and landed as a student on a student visa, and uh, did Bethel School of Supernatural Ministry. So that was the first year, and it was a phenomenal time. Well, both good and bad, as in when you've been in business, you're working you're serving the rest of your time and you've got a young family, you don't have much spare time. And so to come here and have a lot of spare time because it's illegal for me to work, uh, it's, the school is four days a week and it's really like a vacation in the sense 
compared to what I was doing before. Yeah. And I'm reading the Bible and I am, I remember coming in, I'm journaling. My wife comes in and says, is that, is that homework? And I said, well, well, sort of. She said, well, have you thought maybe I'd like to do that? It's like, uh, no, I've just been thinking about myself. So <laughs> over that first year, there were so many different beliefs and identity issues that I had. I didn't even know God was smiling. So this revelation that God is good and he's a loving father and he's, he's not the God of no, but he's actually smiling over me. That revelation it's like you don't know what you don't know until you experience something different. So I experienced something in that first year that I would say now uh, healed cracks in my foundational identity as a child of God. Very cool. So how did you move from there doing being a student at the um, Bethel School of Supernatural into business? And then how did you move into this revelation? Because business and, and God in most places, in most contexts, don't necessarily go together. Yeah. And that idea that they belong together has to be a revelation. So I'm making the assumption that you got a revelation from God about that. And I think yeah. 40 years from now, it'll be common. But right now, and especially at the time you were doing it, it was not. So what was yeah. that journey like for you? Yes. Yeah, so um, in New Zealand, I, so I worked five years as, an, as a business consultant in the agricultural field. And then seven years as a relationship manager with a large agricultural bank. And the church that is a part of always taught kingdom. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things are added to you. So there was never any separation of secular and sacred as a part of the church. But there was always this sense, you know, the supernatural tended to happen more in meetings and events. And I, I, I've always hungered to see more of that in my daily life. So I do what I thought was, I do all the things, you know, you fast, you pray, you give, you lead, you serve, you go on mission trips. And I would experience small amounts of that in my business, but it was, was I never saw the, the degree to which I was believing possible. Uh, I was actually just reflecting over some of my notes from earlier that same year, the year that we left, uh, one of my clients in New Zealand, at large uh, landowners, and uh, it's a husband and wife and their son. I was working between the between these two family parties, which is always a really interesting mix in business. But uh, the 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 wife, her name's Mary Ann. She was thrown off her horse, was concussed, had bleeding on the brain, and yet in the middle of that days, she called not for her pastor, not for her uh, doctor, but she said, "Can you call my bank manager?" Andy Mason, I want him to come and pray for me. So this is as a business person, as a bank manager, I got called to come into the hospital and pray for my client who had this concussion memory loss. And she recovered completely within a very, very short period of time. I was like, oh, wow. I was probably experiencing more of what I was hungry for than I was aware of. But it, there was something about, God, there's got to be more, there's got to be more. And I was... Uh, probably pushing into it rather than knowing it's not something you do, Andy, it's who you are. So as we, so with that background and I'm wired to, I said, in helping people discover purpose, that's what I do and resourcing people in that. 
that whole strategic consultancy, business coaching, call it whatever you want. So we came in during this school of ministry, uh, and you know, it just got upgraded, especially when I, I realized it's my DNA. It's not something that I perform. It's who I am. It's the most natural thing. If you're, if your surname is Gates, as in your dad is Bill Gates, the most natural thing that you would do would be in business and probably with lots of resources. Mm-hmm. And well, our dad is the creator of the universe. So it's the most natural thing that whatever he did, it's part of the family. So that whole journey in Revelation happened in the first year of school of ministry. And at the same time, the emphasis of the school at the time, and even in, our, in the city I'm a part of, there was only animosity from the business community towards the church, Bethel, because the only activities that were public was students going down and encountering Jesus at a cafe and getting excited and overwhelmed by God and scaring other patrons. Uh, Or that was kind of the, like those weird people on the hill. There was no (laughs) practical engagement in business. And my heart was, if Jesus says all creation paid for all creation to be fully alive, that means our businesses, our cities must thrive, which means the economic engine. So what are we doing with, how are we serving our business people? And I spoke to the outreach pastor at the time and, and he said, well, nothing, you do something. So as a student, I connected with another student and we got connected to a local business and we just started serving them. How can we help you? How can we encourage you? How can we help you walk in this? Now, they were already believers, but what it did is it started that journey, another step of that journey. Mm-hmm. And then uh, another probably piece in the significant piece in this was, again, during that first year school of ministry, we had times set aside for you. All the students would just go their own way, take some time and have an extended period of time where you just seeking the face of God, whether that's walking, hiking, sitting, having coffee at home in your bedroom, wherever it is, have an extended period of time where you're seeking his face, seeking a relationship with him. And during one of those times, I would say I had, call it a download, call it lots of ideas around a, it's like, what are we doing to prepare the Daniels and the Josephs? If there's at the time, 800, 900 students the majority of them would be in business. So what are we doing to prepare them so that they can step into the workplace in any capacity, whether it's the janitor or the CEO and bring kingdom influence wherever they are. There was nothing at the time. And so I wrote out, it's like just it all just flowed like crazy. It'd be this session and just laid it all out. This is how you protect the priorities. And this is how you influence people. And this is how you uh, walk in the presence of power of God in the workplace without scaring people. And just laid out all these different things. And, uh, and it's like, oh, my gosh, got so excited. It's like, let's start this. And I remember sending that through to my leader, we called a revival group pastor, and nothing. And it's like, oh, okay. So at the end of that first year, I'm still sitting on that. I, I go into, it's like, I just heard God say, uh, talk to Danny Silk about interning. So Danny Silk's a family life pastor. I'm a business person. That's a completely different lane. And I was like, didn't make sense. God, why would I talk to him? Am I supposed to learn how to counsel people? Oh, please, God, don't, don't do it. So I'm processing <laughs> this whole thing. And then, and this has been part of the journey. Why don't you just trust the voice of God and just obey? And then he's going to make the, he'll do the next step, but just you do your part. Don't try and understand. 
Yeah. It's like Proverbs. It's like, oh, really? I want to understand. I'm a business person. We've got to know what's going to happen, how I'm going to plan that out. It's like, no, you gave up your right to understand. If you want to get God's results, you've got to give up your right to understand. Just trust him and follow. That's so good. So I emailed Danny and I said, Danny, I want to talk to you about the possibility of interning. I'm not sure if that's what you do, as in whether he isn't, even has interns, or whether that's what I want to do, but can we have a conversation? So I didn't use the God told me. Because that's just weird and scary. Um, it's not weird, but it is scary how it's used. Yes. And uh, Danny said, okay, let's meet. So just picture this. You've got one student out of 900 reaches out and says, can I meet with you? Now that happens all the time. So the first miracle was that Danny responded within 24 hours. said, let's meet. And I'm joking with my wife saying because i'm scared nervous what do i even say to danny mm -hmm. and, and, and like, it just doesn't make sense to me but i jokingly say to my wife danny's gonna say i'm an answer to prayer when can i start and <laughs> I, i'm just kind of goofing off hiding my insecurities with humor and we go into this meeting and danny says what have you been doing for the last 10 years and i said well i've been working in banking and consultancy and in local church but at the core of it has been helping people discover purpose and resourcing them to live it well. And he goes, really? He said, have you read the book Dream Manager by Matthew Kelly? And I said, no. And he said, could you do what you were doing with your clients in the bank with our staff at Bethel Church? And I said, yeah. He said, pretty much, you're an answer to prayer. When can you start? <laughs> And it was like walking into a meeting, having no idea what we were doing and walking out of it, realizing the last 15 years of our lives have prepared us for this. Wow. And that really started the journey. And I was certainly serving Danny. We built some leadership development courses and curriculum and coaching and different components and built out dream culture, which is really helping people discover purpose, who they are, and then resourcing them to live it well. It's really life skills that are just so much lost right now. But under Danny's covering, really the favor that he gave me is having someone believe in you more than you believe in yourself. And I said, I, what I'd love to do is start a, I'd connected with some local business people. We continued with that, the prayer. So it was never, it was never under Bethel. It was just what we were doing in our own time. It's like, we should do this. Just take the initiative. And I said, oh, Danny, I'd love to do like a forum, a summit, a, a retreat, something like that. And he goes, oh, yeah, go for it. It was like he, did, he didn't know enough to stop me, was the sense. It's like, <laughs> I trust you. I don't really know what you're going to do, but just go for it. So we ended up with, so that was, it was so it was uh, nothing happened for the second year. Uh, and then the third year, I now got invited back around to do, uh, a class within the school of ministry, which is, which we just called, I think we just called it heaven and business. And you know, how to take what you take learning in the school of ministry and translate that into business at any realm. I had no idea what we'd even do, but it turned out to be way more than we could imagine. And then that same year we did a, I think we called it a forum where it was invite only 36 people experimenting. Uh, what if I have got these four different, very affluential, influential business leaders, plus Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, and Danny Silk, 
plus the intercessors at Bethel, plus the children coming in and prophesying and praying for two days. And it was profound. It was one of those, oh my gosh, this works. Um, where you've got children as young as eight and nine years old standing in front of corporate business people telling them, hey, I, I drew this picture for you. It's a gopher. And the business person says, like tears in his eyes, I've been chasing a gopher in my backyard for the last three months. I only caught it in the weekend. It's just like God is speaking to them. Wow. Um, that happened again and again and again. We, so it was like, okay, this is game on. People are hungry for this. There's business people that love God and love business, but they cannot connect the two. And we've just bridged that something crazy. And so we realized, I mean, trying to even say what we're going to give them because you don't know what you don't know. So it's like we're trying to facilitate an experience for them to be overwhelmed by God because I've found that if you're really, really good at business, you can run your life. You could run a church. You could run actually anything on earth. You can run it really, really well and don't even need him. And most business people have no idea how big God is and what he can do with them in their business and their marriage and their family and in all that they're doing in the city, which literally just scales it up so much. So that's kind of how we started. I love it. I love it. So um, one of the big themes that I think throughout all the podcasts, a lot of the podcasts you'll, you'll get is everyone who, who believes that God is calling them to do something, they want the end result and yeah. it's all about the small yeses it's yeah. all about the and even for me we, we had a conversation i'll tell you about that afterwards but it's it's just the small yeses you don't you're not going to know the whole plan god doesn't always roll it out to you but are you willing to make the small yeses and you're kind of an example of showing what it means to just take the small things and see what god's doing with it i had a question for you because i don't want to presume to kind of understand when you get the business people together and you introduce the revelation of heaven and business, how does it actually land for people? How does it actually, does it change their business decision-making? Does it change how they're operating? Does it change what products they bring to market? How does it inform, what does it really look like yeah. um, when that revelation is fully imbued in a, in a business leader's you know, yeah. life? Uh, it, and it varies. It depends where they are to start with. Uh, but for a lot of people, it's the, oh my gosh, I'm not alone. I'm not crazy believing this is possible. So huge amount of people, oh my gosh, I found my tribe. There's that sorts of language. It's like, oh, you, you know, you're never getting rid of me. I'm coming back to everything we do. So there's that aspect. Um, there's others where they, it's like light bulb goes on and they just jump. They're like, woohoo, this, and so they jump in. And they will be just follow, just just gone, taking big risk, expanding, and that could look like from the you know the spiritual side. It could be they're going to start praying for people or engaging in their city through to a business side where they like what have we? Why have we been going so slow? Why have we slowed down? Why have we why have we peaked off at this level? God's called me to this, this, and this, and that lights them up. So, and I've got examples all the way in between but the number one thing that would always happen is people will be come to a point of this oh wow i 
the sense inside of me that there is more and I haven't known what it is, it confirms that. So it gives vision to what is possible. It's like, this is possible. Now you've got biblical examples and real life today testimonies of this happening. This is exciting. I was born for this. And the second thing it does is it validates them as a business person. It is not a second class calling. The same anointing of Bill Johnson in the pulpit is on you and your janitorial company or you and your finance company or whatever it is. And then it's now I've gone from performance to principles to the presence of God. Now I'm like, oh my gosh, now I'm the child of God. Oh, wow, this is so cool. Like I can experience the peace of God without performing. My value comes from who I am, not what I do. So they get re-centered in that and start to get things healed. And then they're like, okay, if that was just a church, then they'd set up a camp meeting and let's have revival meetings and let's stay where we are and let's camp out in the presence of God, which is really wonderful, but it's just not right. It's like it's like Moses on top of the mountain at Mount Sinai, I believe, when he, he said, God, I'm not going without your presence. And he says, for how will we be distinguished from the people around us? Then your presence go with us. And God says, OK, I'll go with you. And at that point, he doesn't stop and set up camp and stay there. It's like, one, not without your presence. I'm not going to move forward without knowing that you're with me. But now that I know that you're with me, I'm not stopping for the world. It's those two things together. So that looks like a very, very high-level business person is just enjoying, oh, my gosh, God's my father, not my boss. Like yeah. Jesus didn't pay the ultimate price for a workforce but for a family that changes everything how he works with his employees how he deals with his customers how he deals with his competitors how he works with his board so he'd just retired like early retirement from a very very large business and he gets this revelation and says wow god can i go back into the business back into business with this understanding and god just laughs at him like he can hear god laughing at him like as a dumb question just go for it so he goes back into business. And what does it look like? It looks like for him that was praying for his, one of his employees who does his, uh, he's a CEO bringing a new company into the States. They recruit or uh, gain appointments with high level CEOs to sell their product. These CEOs get hundreds of emails a day. That, that's all, you know, I want you to do this. I want you to do that. So he is praying over that his assistant that makes the, or sets up these appointments. Um, what he started to notice is his calendar was filling with appointments. He's like, hmm, that's really, it's like, th this is crazy, the level of success that is happening in terms of these appointments. So he goes to that employee and says, hey, what's going on? And the employee says, hey, yeah, like we used to get 7% success rate. Now we're getting 70%. It's like, I, I, I have to stop sending emails. They're so successful. Then the employee says, yeah, because I had, oh, the boss says, well, how did that happen? Like, what changed? He says, well, I was sitting here one day at my desk, and I suddenly had a thought of what I should put as a subject line in the email. And then he suddenly turns to him, you've been praying for me, haven't you? So literally, this like it turned into all of these different conversations. So that business owner has this revelation I'm a child of God, not an employee of God. I get to then run my company like that, treat my 
employees like that, pray blessing over them, whether they know God or not, they're experiencing ideas and strategies and insight. That business achieves its goals, its five-year goals in, three, in two to three years. And then, so he retires a second time, sets up his own company as in his own investment fund. And then he's, he's working with people at all levels of city government, discipling them. So he's at the table. Like, so just that's, that's kind of every level of the spectrum through to others that uh, get an idea. I'm thinking of a, a young lady. She'd be in her late twenties, gets an idea for a new business, sets it up. The connections happen. So those are the great stories. And then the other stories where people uh, have this revelation of what it is to walk with God in all of life. And then building out this company, they have 300 employees, I think at the time, all sorts of it's in home care. And one of their employees is, is involved in witchcraft mm -hmm. and uh, starts to get more and more affected by the environment that they're carrying. And so ends up uh, leaving and then suing them and, and it, becomes as California. So it's, it's litigation, which they call uh, in, includes everybody in the company and just this crazy, crazy time. So we've seen that happen where you forgive them. God tells you to forgive them and it just disappears. It like goes away. In this case, it didn't, and it could have killed the company, but literally God gave them dreams and ideas and strategies as they walked through it. So literally the company grew, they, get, they became more profitable, uh, their company became stronger through a lawsuit which was terrible and tough and hard for four years. So even in the midst of trial, in the midst of fire, they grew in their walk with God and their walk with their company and all that they were doing. It's just kind of like, oh, there is no one outcome other than realizing who we are in Jesus and that applies to every aspect of my life and my business. And uh, it's like, I was reading that this morning, Proverbs 15. That's like uh, the righteous, their life, their life is like a highway. And it's like, just go for it, go for it and trust that God's going to keep leading and guiding you as you go. Oh, that's so good. So um, I just want to pivot a little bit because you have a book called God with you at work, heaven and business. Yeah. And I want you to talk a little bit about, uh, for our listeners, talk a little bit about some of the revelations in that book. And, and, and so there's people who are listening and saying, I'm with you, Andy, I'm ready to do this. Can you just kind of talk a little bit about how people can implement some of these uh, revelations and principles in their job, if they're working a job? in their entrepreneurial pursuit or in their established business, if they have one. Yeah, cool. I mean, I mean, that book just lays out some of the, some of my own journey and some of the revelations of, you know, just story stalks, talks through a kingdom influence. Daniel was 10 times greater in wisdom and understanding than the wisest of the wise men about him. And then we've got John the Baptist uh, who had the crazy business model as in he had a product that nobody wanted a message repentance to the most religious people on the planet and he presented it poorly as in camel here and it would have stunk and then thirdly he goes where nobody is so strike out three out of three the, the worst possible business model and yet all of Israel came to him so we've got Daniel with supernatural wisdom we've got John the Baptist with supernatural favor 
and I tell stories of what that looks like in business. And then Jesus, who brought the kingdom, you know, fish where there were no fish, uh, multiplication of resources, reversal of corruption, all of these things apply to business. And Jesus says, and the least in the kingdom is greater than who? John the Baptist. So what is the minimum operating standard for a follower of Jesus in business is at least supernatural wisdom, which was Daniel, supernatural favor, which is John the Baptist. And then Jesus says, oh, by the way, you guys are going to do greater things than me. Mm. So this whole concept of we've been happy running around with a WWJD bracelet and being satisfied with principles when the presence and power of God is this personal relationship with him. So then through that book, we just lay down some questions. You know, what, what could that look like for you? What would 10 times greater in wisdom look like? That's innovation, ideas, structure, strategy. What could that look like? You know, what do you need to believe about yourself and about God to step into that? And what are you going to do? It's like, well, yeah, yeah, my walk with Jesus is a priority. So how much time did you spend with him daily? Oh, no, I don't have time. No, it's not a priority then. It's not yet a revelation that's being lived out because otherwise your life would be different. So that we walk through that. We walk through the performance of rest, which is really nailing the whole attitude of, well, I'm an entrepreneur, it's a startup, so I've got to work 90 hours a week. Well, who told you that? Okay. Uh, well, well, it's bottom, bottom line is my value comes from what I do rather than who I am. And once I get that revelation and I walk through my own experience of losing a $2 million customer and then losing a $4 million customer and then losing a $6 million customer. And after three months waking up in the night, freaking out, anxiety, finally had this revelation. Oh, anxiety is evidence of an inferior kingdom. I'm manifesting a lie and my identity is coming from my performance rather than then I'm a son of God. So what does that look like? And it doesn't look like doing less. It actually looks like Isaiah 64, which says, uh, no eye has seen, no ear has heard, nor entered in the heart of man of God beside you who works on behalf of those who wait for him. So what does that look like to have Jesus on your team? Like be in partnership. So we talk people through this process from performance to principles to presence to then purpose. Am I doing what I'm called to do rather than what's possible? And then uh, we lay out in that book just some of the keys to kick it off in that journey. So dreaming with God, dreaming with God in your business for solutions, ideas, strategies. And we give some examples and walk you through the process. And then, uh, you know, success keys. Uh, like I love this. One of the keys is the testimony. You get the stories you repeat. It's biblical it's throughout history. Uh, the Israelites were, as Psalm 78, were fully armed running into battle. And it says, and they turned on the day of battle, though these are the best fighting force in the world. It says they turned around and ran because they forgot their testimony. I see that again and again. Revelation, we're overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony which is the stories uh, that God has done in, on, and around you. And because we're part of a family, it's like it's what God did for you, Christian, what God's done for my neighbor, for my friend. That's all ours. So we get so distracted by the media and by the news and by what's happening. It's like we've got no right 
to do that because this is what God did here. This is what he 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 did here. And if he's done that for that person there, he can do that for me and it's going to be okay. And it changes my perspective. And then I'm walking into my day, literally setting up an ambush for God to work on my behalf. Oh, I love that. That is so cool. Did you have anything else? I I didn't mean to cut you off. No, you didn't know. That's it. That's I love that. And that you can get that book uh, and on Amazon. I know for sure it's yeah. there. There's all kinds of places you can find it. And we'll put the link in the, in the podcast description. So what is God showing you now? There's so many, you know, this is 2020. It's a incredibly interesting year in which things are being, systems are being up, you know, uh, upended and uh, ideas are yeah. being challenged yeah. and social orders being rearranged and how we, um, even disseminate services and go to church is all being called into question and digital resilience is required for this moment. So yes. in all of this, for, for our ministry, um, I was actually talking to, to Shay, our, our mutual connection, um, that we've been more focused on what God is saying in this moment than what, than trying to address what the mainstream media is talking about what is God talking about for our ministry for our community Um, but I just kind of want to hear from you what is God saying to you this moment about business about you know what he's doing what what is kingdom agenda for this this moment so I'm I'm stuck in proverbs not stuck I choose to feed myself on proverbs proverbs and psalms so the emphasis on listening to his voice so the scripture of Jesus, when Jesus was in the wilderness, I think it's Matthew, actually it's on all the gospels. When Jesus was in the wilderness and he's fasting for 40 days and then uh, the devil comes to him and says, hey, you could, if you're the son of God, you can turn this stone into bread. And Jesus says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. I think what we're walking through right now is the biggest gift to followers of Jesus. It doesn't mean that it's not painful, difficult, and loss, but it's the biggest gift because we've had our trust in uh, bread, our trust in stone, our trust in a government, our trust in our local leader, our, our PPP loan, our whatever it is. And, and hearing God say, uh, don't live by the economy alone, by your business plan alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So the number one priority for every follower of Jesus right now is how do I hear his voice for my day to day? And so what I'm seeing is uh, it's painful. It's I've got friends that are hurting. I've got friends that have lost their business because their business is no longer viable. And a rental car company beside an airport you just do the math. It just doesn't, it's, you're gone. It's all gone uh, through to others that are pivoting and adjusting as they're listening to the voice of God and others that are in denial and they're not changing anything. Uh, and then others that are consuming their time with conspiracy. And it's just like, Oh, please, as opposed to will I sit at his feet and listen to his voice and pivot and adjust, which is the, Hey God, what now? And that's bringing in my perspective, it's the church is waking up. It's like, Father, forgive us because we've been an event-based activity rather than a lifestyle. So I think that's the greatest kiss is what am I going to do in this time to recenter my priorities, to reset my focus, 
and actually start moving forward with what he's given us to do. So for us personally with Heaven and Business, we had three in-person events that got canceled for obvious reasons. And I'm like, oh God, that's that's $40,000 on my budget. That's That's enough to sink me. Like as an organization, I'm sure we'll get through and say, like, oh God, what do I do? And I heard him say, don't change the subject. And I, I was thinking that doesn't make sense because we can't do, we can't do this. Like, didn't you know there's COVID-19 and the world is ending and rah, rah, rah. And it's like, don't change the subject. As I was processing that with a friend, it was like the light bulb. Don't change the subject, change the delivery. And the context for us was an executive retreat, which is three days in person. It's, it's a unique experience. And I never, ever thought, even thought you could even get anything remotely like that virtually, digitally. But because I heard God say, don't change the subject, change the delivery, we went through this exercise brainstorming, what could we do and how could we do it? And, and actually challenging our beliefs to what's possible. Uh, even the understanding of the centurion that comes to Jesus and says, I'm a man under authority. Uh, I tell this one go and he goes and this one come and he comes. You don't have to come to my house to heal my servant. Just say the word. And Jesus says, boom, it's done. Wow, that's the same. I don't have to be physically present with you, but I can just say the word and the presence of God's going to touch you in your house right where you are. And um, so my, just this revelation around the mediums that we can use to extend the kingdom of God, to grow our business, to have people encounter him, have revelation. Uh, I have limited it to in-person. And just suddenly that's thrown open a whole nother realm of favor and influence that's just mind blowing. So we did an executive retreat online three days. So just three hours a day, as opposed to the whole day. The first day was all about hearing God. Uh, second day was literally encounter where we had sent them a shoebox full of items to, to use like glasses that change your perspective it's like things that Lego to play with. And it was amazing. It, it, as in, it's just like, I'm the guy, like, you know, when the disciples come back to Jesus and he sent them out and they say, it works, it works. It was like that. It, it was just profound. So we're pivoting and adjusting as we're following the voice of God and it will flow on to what we do from now on. And I think our in-person events, as they get back in, in person, will also grow in quality because our belief of what God can do through any medium and even how to lead people and disciple people is changing. So I'm seeing that happen for us personally. And probably the third area that I'm hearing God speak about is just this realign with your calling. And there's been so many things that we've been doing, which have been great things, but I've been serving a God of accomplishment. Sometimes success distracts you from what you're called to. And so having a forced detox period is actually been a gift to sit back and say, God, actually, are we called to do that? You know, we've got that venue. Do we actually need that? Uh, and just realigning with, okay, I feel like you've called me not to this broad group of people, which is wonderful, but to the specific group. So how can I take what I'm doing personally and better focus it on the people that God's called me to? 
So I would say for everybody to do that, number one is listen to his voice and his voice results in action. So what are you going to do differently as a result? That is so good. So in the final few minutes of the podcast, I wanted to talk about heavenandbusiness.com. I know it's a membership site and there's tons of material. There's tons of things. I would love for you to just talk about what do people get when they sign up? What type of classes, materials, what type of people will get the most benefit out of that platform? What are the levels? You know, I think there's probably classes and there's in-person events. Just kind of talk about the platform and, and what you offer, because I would love for people in our audience to kind of hear about what you're doing. Yeah, so we're creating a pathway from students through leaders in the business realm, ultimately discipling people who are discipling nations. So we're actually, can, that's one of the things I'm stepping back and looking at how do we how do we fulfill that mandate more effectively? So I would say from one level, uh, the in-person events is like be get in the environment because there's so much that you experience when you get in an environment in person where you experience the experience God and see things happen in a business context that blows your mind. So that's, that's at one level. And the personal connections that come out of that collaborations, which is great. The same is true right now that people are experience through virtual retreats. And so we're doing those at the moment once a month. And they can just jump onto the heavenandbusiness.com page and see that under the events. So that's in a virtual or in person, which is literally discipling people into their walk with God. So that's at one level. Right down to students, we're about to launch a how do you build a business with God, which is the content uh, the community, and then there's actually mentoring with people that have done this already. Uh, that's crazy. That's crazy fun. And then we've got also the online component, which is really, uh, there's probably a, a bunch of people in there just saying, no, at $30 a month, that's what I spend in coffee a day. It literally, I had that from one person. You just put me off because it's just too cheap. And so I'm like, Oh, oh, okay. So we've got a bunch of people in there that are really just saying, I want to support what you're doing and make it more effective. So that's just my commitment to help you guys grow. Uh, there's others that are in a different financial position and they're saying, that's a stretch for me, but I want to grow my walk with God. So there's literally an, a whole platform to help people understand what it is. So number one, foundations of partnering with God of who you are, what you're called to, what that looks like, and it walks them through that process. How do I then build my business with God? So there's culture, spiritual tools, practical tools, strategic planning tools in that with a whole of case studies. In the third level or third arm to that is how do I grow my influence in serving or shaping or reshaping the culture in which I am? So call that transformation, call that reformation, call that influence. That's another whole area there is how do I then influence my city, my region, my nation with what God's called me through the vehicle of business. Wow, that is so cool. And that is, again, heaveninbusiness.com. Is there cool. anything else you'd like to end on, Andy, as we uh, just conclude the podcast? I think you gave our listeners a lot to, uh, to think about. Yeah, I, I would just say, like what you've talked about, you said you're taking more time listening to God and hearing what he has than what the, the media is saying, than what the news is saying. Just, I love that. Love that hearing others, just reminding people that. 
And I would just say, if you're in the workplace, you are at the front edge of what God is doing in the world right now. And you probably don't even understand the significance of it. Uh, there's There's this prophetic word that Zechariah gave, and he talked about these powers that have come and are controlling and keeping people's heads down. But then God raised up four craftsmen, not four priests, not four prophets, not four pastors, four craftsmen, four people using their skill in business, and they displace the demonic powers. So I'd say if you're listening and watching this, ask God how he sees you in your work and how he wants to use that going forward to extend his kingdom. And I just uh, pray encouragement and grace and favor over you that you literally see yourself only as God sees you. That is awesome. So we are going to leave it there. Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I hope you who are inspired will check out what he has to offer. It's tons of amazing resources. Um, You have been listening to the Christian Business Podcast. Until next time. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Discovering Truth with Dan Duvall. This podcast is a production of Bride Ministries International. Visit our website at brideministriesinternational.com to enjoy the Bride Ministries Church, the Bride Ministries Institute, free resources, and to support us financially.